Well, good morning. Uh, it is so good to be with you. My name is Jarrett Stevens, and I am from Soul City Church in Chicago. I've known Bobby for seven years, a long time, uh, and he was with me when I broke my tailbone snowboarding. Bobby was there with me. That's the x-ray reference. And, uh, and I've known Troy and Trisha just as long. Uh, in fact, I've known Troy so long, I knew Troy when he had hair. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying it was a lot, I'm just saying there was some, and, uh, and it is a real privilege, I can't really explain to you in the short amount of time that we have, what a privilege it is for me to be with you here today at Community. Troy and Tricia were, for my wife and I, when we were still engaged, uh, a family for us and to us. When we got to Chicago all those years ago, I can't tell you how many meals we had around their table, and to watch their kids grow up and to see them now get married, I mean, this is a real special treat for me to be with you guys and to serving you guys today, and I'm grateful for the leadership of this church, and this is a church with a God-given vision, and so you are part of something really special here in your community. Now, I want to be really honest with you. Uh, my wife, Jean, and I, we have two kids, uh, Elijah and Gigi. Uh, they're all back in Chicago, and there was a lot of concern about me coming to Green Bay today. Elders gathered together around me from my church before I left and just wanted to make sure that it was God who was leading me to come to Green Bay this weekend. And I had to assure them it would be okay. I promised them that by me coming here today, I promised that the Packers could not win today. Um, so I just want to let you know that. But at the same time, they reminded me that the Bears aren't playing today either, so they promised me that they can't lose again today. So it all works out, and that's why I'm glad to be here on a neutral weekend. Uh, and I just want to spend a few moments with you today as we seek God's wisdom together to talk about something that every single one of us faces. No matter where you're at in life, all of us face what we're about to talk about today. And rather than sort of crossing our fingers and hoping to make it through, what I want to share with you is a promise from God that you can actually build your life on. I want to share with you a promise from God that he has already done for you, and then I want to share with you a principle that it's really up to you to do. I want to talk for a few moments about how we make decisions and how we seek direction for our lives. Rather than kind of fumbling and bumbling our way through life, what if we could actually seek and have godly direction that you can build your life on? And so I want to talk just for a few moments about a promise and a principle that has to deal with direction that every single one of us is facing in all of our own unique ways. So just to help us understand kind of who's good with directions and who isn't, I want for those of you who consider yourself great with driving directions, I want you just to, I want you to sit up a little bit straighter right now. If you know that you are good at directions, in fact, you love letting people know that you're good at directions, or better yet, that they're bad with them. Like, you don't tend to get lost. You seem to know where you're at. If you're good with directions, here's what I want you to do. In like a humble brag moment, I want you just to raise your hand right now, and I want you to raise it really high. So go ahead. If you're good at directions, own that right now, and don't be shy and bashful about it. You want people to know, and I want you to keep your hand up. If you're good with driving directions, keep your hand up. Now, if you're married, typically only one of you is going to be good at this, so <laughs> make sure you pick the right one. Here's the deal. Those of you with your hands up, everyone else who doesn't have your hand up, I want you to look at these people. You need to go home with them today because they're your only hope of getting out of here, okay? So find one of them and follow them home wherever they're going because some of us aren't so good at directions, right? Some of us are directionally challenged, we might say. And here's a crazy thing. For those of you who find yourselves sort of directionally challenged, the great news is there is help and there is hope. 
Because we live in actually a beautiful world right now to where if you're lost and you need directions, all you really need is this. This is a gift from God for our lives when we find ourselves lost because all you have to do now is go, Siri, get me home. I'm scared. And it will actually like, give you directions. Listen, I had no problem getting up here this weekend because Google Maps has a wonderful plan for my life. And it laid it all out for me and it got me here. This is amazing for those of us who are directionally challenged. But before this came along, five, six years ago, before you could have live, real-time directions on your phone, the world was a vast and dark, scary place. <laughs> For those of us who did not know our way around, in fact, back then, we used to have to use these. Does anyone even know what this piece of origami is? I don't think they make these anymore. This is called a map. Everyone say it with me. Map. And we used to have to keep these in our car, on our person for some of us at all times. And you had to unfold this thing, find out where you're at. This is while driving, by the way. Find out where you're at. Hope that it's not. There was no real-time traffic data on this. These were 10 or 15 years old. In fact, just by way of reminder, the maps that we used just a decade ago, same technology that found our country hundreds of years ago. This was not an updated piece of technology for centuries upon centuries. But thankfully, God gave us a gift in Google Maps for those of us who are directionally challenged. And it's, isn't it so like, good to know? Maybe you've never even thought about this. Some of you just kind of grown up, and that's just part of your reality. Thankfully, we've updated our process for finding directions in our life. But what I find so interesting is that when it comes to the real direction, like the real life direction that we need, many of us are still using an old, outdated process or way of seeking or finding Direction for our lives. For many of us, when it comes to seeking real direction for our lives, decisions that we have to make, whether they're future decisions about what's going to come next after college, whether they're about career choices that you're in the middle of, you're wrestling about whether you should stay or whether you should go, or there's a new opportunity. For some, we need real relational direction. You're not sure if you should take this relationship to the next level or if you should fight to continue to move forward in this relationship. For some of us, we need financial direction. I bet you there's a ton of us that would say in this room that we need some real financial direction about what to do with the resources we have and how do we trust those to God. For all of the places that we actually need direction, many of us are kind of stuck using an old, outdated process of making those decisions for our life. And so what ends up happening is, consequently, we end up getting stuck in our lives. It can feel like you're lost at times when it comes to the direction that you need. Like you're sort of circling around your life, waiting and wondering which way you should go. Or worse yet, maybe for you, and you can relate to this, when it comes to making big decisions for the direction of your life, you can kind of just sort of blindly pick a path and go, well, we'll just go this way. I mean, the, there were more pros than cons, so we'll just sort of go this way. And sometimes that works out. Sometimes that absolutely works out for us. But what about the rest of the times? And is that really something that you want to kind of build your life on is just sort of blindly picking, well, it seems like this is the way that I should Go Because the consequences of the decisions you make, the direction you seek for your life, are real. They're very real. 
I mean, the direction that you seek and the decisions that you make actually have an impact on your life and the lives of those around you. Have you ever thought about that before? You are not a little island. Your decisions and the direction you pick in life actually matters and affects those around you. Listen, can affect generations to come behind you. That's how significant the decisions and direction that we seek and we need for our lives actually are. Think about this for a moment. There are parts of your life, either how you're here, why you're like literally living here in this area, or parts and patterns of your story that were connected to and affected by decisions that your parents made, direction that they chose for their life, or their parents made. Isn't that amazing that little decisions and big decisions, generations before you, have directly even affected your life today? So can we get and agree that it's important that we have actually a way, a process, a principle that we can actually apply to our lives for making decisions so that we don't have to sort of blindly go about making big directional decisions without actually seeking godly wisdom for our lives. That's what I want to share with you today is how you actually can have godly direction for the big decisions that every one of us will face and are facing, in fact, in our lives right now. In fact, just so we have a level playing field, if you're in the middle of making a significant decision, it doesn't have to be a huge life-altering decision, but it's a significant decision, could be, again, a relational one, a financial one. Maybe it's about whether you should retire this time or whether you should move to this place or whatever. If you're in the midst of kind of making a decision about your future, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Anyone who's in the midst of like, yeah, I actually want some godly wisdom and direction for my life. I want you to actually raise your hand and say, I am seeking. I would love to have some godly wisdom. It's not a trick question. If you actually are looking for that, I want you to actually raise your hand, keep it up high. All right, the rest of you have it all figured out. That's fantastic. You can check out if you want right now. For those of you who know, put your hands back up. If you are serious about having godly wisdom and direction for your life, here's what I want you to do with that hand. I want you to grab the Bible that you brought with you. I want you to open it up on your phone if you haven't. Or if you don't have a Bible, keep your hand up, and you can actually go to the sides and grab one. Someone will grab one for you. I want everyone to have a Bible in that hand, all right? So let's open up God's Word to seek godly direction for the decisions we have to make. And specifically, I want you to open to James chapter 1. So if you need a Bible, raise that hand again. They will get you a Bible. You can walk up to the side and get one. Open it up on your phone to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We're actually going to look at a promise from God that he's already done and a principle for you and for me that we actually can choose to do today when it comes to seeking direction for our lives, decisions that every one of us have to make. James chapter 1. We're going to look at this promise and this principle as it plays out together. Now, just a quick word about James, this book of James. You know, James, they say, is the brother actually of Jesus. They believe that James to be actual, like, brothers with Jesus. Now, just hit pause real quick for those of you who have siblings. What would it take for your sibling to convince you that they were the savior of the world? I mean, just think about that for a second. So James has such a unique perspective, doesn't he, on Jesus. And in fact, what we understand about the life of James is that it wasn't until after the death and resurrection of his brother Jesus that he put his faith in Jesus as the savior of the world. And so this little book is chock full of practical, spiritual wisdom for our lives. And we're going to look at one of those right now in James chapter 1. Let's start with verse 5 and let's look at what he has to say about the decisions we have to make. This is what he says. If any of you lacks wisdom, so just hit pause, that's all of us, okay? So remember like we raised our hands? He's talking to us. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. If any of you lacks wisdom, don't know what to do, you should, what does he say? You should, oh, that's right. I forgot to tell you. I'm sorry. See, at our church, when I pause like that or when I say, what does it say or what did he say? At Soul City Church, we actually say the word back out loud. 
I should have told you that. I'm sorry, I didn't tell you the rules. And, and here's why we do that for two reasons. One is to remind us that God's word is living and active. And two is to help me know that you're still awake. So what I want to do when I pause like that and I ask you, you just say it right back. And here's the thing. The answers are already on the board, okay? There's cheat sheets for you. It's not a trick question, all right? So I'm going to read that again. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, that's all of us, you should what? Ask. You should ask God. Now, here's what I want you to do. Circle that word ask. I don't care if it's not your Bible. Like, you're going to give someone else a head start later. I really mean it. Ask. That's very important. Ask God. That's right there is the principle. That's on you. That's something God says, you can actually do this, but only you can ask God. Ask God. Now look what James says about the promise. You should ask God who gives, what's the word? Who gives generously. Isn't that beautiful? Circle that word. Who gives generously. And isn't that beautiful? God is not a stingy God. He's a generous God. And I love what James says here. Who gives generously to all. That's all of us. Every one of us. Even those who thought, oh, I'm not as spiritual as that person. I don't have as direct access to God as that person. Not true, according to the Bible. God gives generously to all without, this is so important, finding fault. I just want to pause on that for a second. Because I think so oftentimes our fear of God is wrapped up in a misconception about God that he's mad at you for not knowing what to do. Or that you're bothering him by seeking what he's already promised he will generously give to you. God doesn't blame you or shame you for not knowing what to do. He's a good, good father. He says, yeah, of course, I'm the one who knows everything, not you. That's my job, not yours. So I'm not going to blame you. I'm not going to find fault in you for not knowing what to do. I want you to ask because it says it will be given to you. Isn't that an encouragement? It will actually be given to you. That is a promise right there from the heart of a God who loves you and wants to lead you through every decision, every major decision you need to make in your life. No more stalling out, no more circling around your life, no more kind of fumbling through an outdated process of crossing your fingers and hoping that maybe you'll figure it out. God says, no, 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 here's what you do. Ask, here's what I do, I'll give it. I'll give it generously, joyfully, completely to you. There's a better way of seeking direction for your life. It's a way of walking in wisdom with God. And he's already actually offered it to you. So if you're taking notes today, that's like the whole message. I mean, I'm going to say some more stuff, but that's basically it. The promise, listen, this is the promise. God has wisdom for your life. That's a promise. God has wisdom for you. Here's the principle. It's a really complicated one. Ask ask. Will you ask? Will you seek God for his wisdom? Now, James goes on. He's not done. He's on to say, okay, so if you are willing, because God is already willing to give you wisdom. If you are willing to ask, James goes, let me just say a little qualifier about how you ask. Let's look at verse 6. He says this, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. That word believe there could be substituted for the word trust. That's what that word means there. It's not believing a certain set of facts. It's about trusting the character of God. James is saying you got to believe, you got to trust that God actually is good and he's generous in his wisdom. You must trust and not doubt because, he says, the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Anyone ever felt that way in life before? You ever felt that way about the circumstances that surround you? You just feel like you're getting knocked on every side and then the next thing comes and then the next bottom falls out you ever felt that way in life like I don't even know what I'm supposed to do I don't even know where I'm at right now I mean life can feel so overwhelming at times 
And James is like, yeah, that's actually what life is like when we are unwilling to seek God for what he is willing to offer to us generously, which is wisdom. But James isn't done. He goes on to say this in verse 7. That person, he says, should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Yeah, but James, how do you really feel? I mean, he's really, he's working something out here. He's making a strong point that there is a life, there's a way of wisdom with God. And then there's a way without it. And for those of us who kind of seek to do life on our own terms, our own way, James has some pretty strong language here. He's like, yeah, this is what life is kind of like. You're just like a boat without a rudder in the midst of a storm. You're going to be knocked about from circumstance to circumstance, reacting to life. You ever met anyone like that? I bet you know someone like that who just feels like their life, they spend more energy reacting to life than actually living it. You know anyone like that? It just feels like there's always some drama going on in their life, and there's always some crisis going on in their life. And you've ever noticed, you, I bet you know someone, maybe there's someone in your family, but they continue to make the same mistakes over and over and over, in glorious new ways, but it's the same <laughs> mistake. And you see it, and you're like, oh, you did it again. Don't you remember the last time, and then I bailed you out? And don't you remember? Like, here you are again. Or they keep, making, they keep dating the same kind of wrong people. Again and again, like, how do you end up in these kinds of relationships? Let's just pause for a moment. The common denominator is you. But you don't always say it to them like that, right? You've met someone like that who just seems like their life is just unstable, and they're just reacting. They're tossed about from wave to wave to wave. Now, listen, listen. Truth, like, like real talk right now for us, we've all been that person. Some of us are better at hiding it than others. We've all been that person. You don't know what to do. You know that there's wisdom for you. You're like, I don't, I don't even know how, how to get that, where to go. I don't even know. So your life just feels like you're tossed about, reacting, 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 rather than leading and living the life that God created for you. In fact, if we were to be really honest, I bet maybe for some of us, that's why you're here today. You came here because you were hoping that there would be good news for the chaos of your life. And I want you to hear that good news from the heart of God. There is. There is actually wisdom that can guide and guard over your life. God's promise is that he has it. The principle is that you and I need to ask and seek direction. And God says, I will give it to you generously, generously, generously. It's like there is a well of wisdom in God that is overflowing for your life. And what I love about this passage that it says is this well of wisdom that God has for your life is actually available to every single one of us. That's very important because for some reason, some of us disqualify ourselves from the full measure of God's love for our lives. You've convinced yourself that you actually like that God has points against you and so you don't have full access to the love of God or the wisdom of God. That's for people who have it more figured out than you. Not true. According to God's word, not true. This well of wisdom that God has for you is for you. It's for all of us. And it's overflowing if you would just ask. Have you ever thought about that before? The idea of a, a well of wisdom that each one of us has, actually, our own little well of wisdom. You, like Whether you realized it when you walked in here today or not, you have a well of wisdom that you pull from for your life. All of us do. The question is, which well? Which well of wisdom do you 
pull from for your life. And so I wrote down two questions that maybe will help. Again, I don't know the specifics of the decisions, the direction you make. Only God knows that for your life. But I think these two questions might actually help you process and invite God into the deeper spaces for the decisions and directions that you need for your life. So I wrote these down. You might want to jot these down. First question is when considering your own well of wisdom is this. What's in your wisdom well? What is actually in your wisdom? So if, if your life, if there was a well of wisdom that you pull from for the decisions that you need to make, it's all of us do, what's actually in that well for you? For, for some, maybe for you, it's, it's, it's just whatever your circumstances are. That's what's in the well. It's like, well, here's the opportunities in front of me. Here's the decisions I have to make. That's, I just have to kind of pick and choose by what I can see. For others, maybe for you, it's the opportunities that are provided. So a new opportunity comes, a new job or a new place that you can transfer to, and it's like, well, I guess I'll, this was made available to me, so I'll choose it. So your, your well is kind of just filled by whatever circumstances are going on in your life. Maybe for you, for you, uh, the way that you make decisions, your well of wisdom, comes from for your gut, you know, there's no other way to say it, like from your gut, you know, and you're kind of even proud of that, you're like, I just make decisions from my gut, shoot from the hip, you know, and you're really proud, your, your well of wisdom is basically just your gut, and, and for some of us, our wells uh, are bigger than others, but that's another talk for another, that's another talk for another day, uh, so, so maybe what's in your well, if you're to be really honest, it's like, I just kind of go off of my gut, or I go off of a pros and cons list, what's in your well of wisdom, maybe for you, it's what you seen other people do. That's your, that's your well of wisdom. Is you, you're you're kind of living in the same place your parents live because you just looked and said, well, I guess I'm supposed to live here. Or you're continuing in patterns that you saw from them and you just kind of picked up and said, well, I guess this is how I parent because that's, that's my well of wisdom is just what I saw others do. Or maybe for you, your well of wisdom is what you see other people getting away with, right? And it seems to work out for them. Like, oh, when you see someone at work kind of cut a corner, they do it that way and they didn't get in trouble and you go, oh, I guess I can do that now too. That's your well of wisdom what others do. But I bet if we were to be honest, we want a deeper well than that. And it's going to come as no surprise or no shocker that I would say this. I have not found a better well of wisdom for my life than this book. I have yet to have a major decision or, or, or place where I'm seeking direction in my life. I have yet to come across a major crossroads in my life that this well of wisdom doesn't speak to. Now, oftentimes it doesn't speak to the direct circumstances on the surface of my life, but it always speaks to the deeper levels of the soul. It always speaks to my fears, my motivation, my hesitancy, my resistance to God. I can't think of a major decision in my life that this book doesn't offer some wisdom or direction to. I mean, the book of Proverbs alone, it's called a book of wisdom, <laughs> And if I were to just take seriously the wisdom in the book of Proverbs, I bet I could like cut out 75% of the decisions that I stress over in my life by just applying the wisdom in this well of wisdom to my life. What's in your well of wisdom? If you're serious about seeking godly direction for the decisions that you need to make and you don't have access to this, this is, this is the great news. We can solve that problem today. If you don't have a Bible, you don't own a Bible, the Bible you're now holding in your hands or we have over here on the walls, I want you to steal a Bible from church today. <laughs> I could not be more serious about it. What's Troy going to do, fire me? Just steal a Bible from church today. It's the wisest thing you can do. 
One of the things I love about our church is we have a Bible in every seat, and every week we say, if you don't have access to the transformational truth, the timeless and timely truth of God's word, please steal a Bible from church today. It's the wisest thing you can do to go, okay, God, I want you to speak to me from this well of wisdom. What is in your well right now? Your wisdom well. Next question for you to consider the decisions that you need to make. Who is in your wisdom well? Who is in your wisdom well? Who do you go to when you don't know what to do? All of us have those people too. Who is in your wisdom well? I want you to like literally pause for a moment and go, okay, who do I go to when I don't know what to do? Who do I seek out? Who do I want to speak in? Who is in my life that I kind of go, okay, Help me with this one. Because we all, we all have them at some level. In fact, here's the thing. And I know sometimes you can come to church and you can hear this stuff and you can feel like a little defeated. Like, oh my gosh, I'm not even doing that one right. He only had two things. I'm not even doing those right. Like you can feel overwhelming at times. I want to like encourage you with something. You're already awesome at this one. When it comes to having a who in your wisdom well, you're actually already awesome at this one. In fact, you've made a ton of decisions by seeking out the wisdom and counsel of others. You just didn't know you were doing it. I want you to think about the last major purchase you made, specifically online. So there's a purchase that you made online. You were buying a new TV or you were thinking about maybe even going to a restaurant or something like that, and you'd never done it before. You'd never bought it before. You'd never been there before. What do you tend to do first? You read the reviews. What do they say? And here's what's so amazing. You're already awesome at this. You allow perfect strangers who don't know you or love you or care a thing about you speak into the directions and decisions you need to make. Listen, we don't even buy a 99-cent app without reading the reviews. I don't know. 99 cents. A lot of money, right? I mean, you're already awesome at this. My wife, Jean, and I were actually, we, we were at a wedding the other night, and you know, we wanted to have a little more of a date night, so after the ceremony, we peaced out. We're like, all right, great, awesome. We saw everyone, shook every hand, kissed everyone. We left. Now we had time on our hands. We're like, where do you want to go? And we had, like, decision fatigue because I live in Chicago where there's a bajillion restaurants. And so I'm pulling up Yelp, God's gift to the undecisive. <laughs> what do they say? What do they say? What are people saying? What's got the highest rating? You're already awesome at this. The question is, who speaks into the major decisions of your life? Who is it that actually is in your wisdom well for seeking direction for the decisions that you need to make? Do they exhibit godly wisdom in their life? Is there a pattern, albeit not perfect, but a pattern of godly decisions in their life? Is there fruit from their faithfulness of trusting God? Who is in your wisdom well? Now listen, this has become a non-negotiable for Gene and I because I'm smart enough to know this. I do not have it all figured out. I'm smart enough to know that I do not have it all figured out. I need a wisdom well. And so we have a couple people that there's not a major life decision we've made in the last 20 years where we haven't sought these folks and others out. There's a couple named Dick and Sybil Towner. They live in Indiana. They actually were our premarital counselors 20 years ago. And they have not missed an anniversary for the last 20 years of our marriage. I mean, they're better at knowing our anniversary than we are sometimes. I'm telling you, there's not a major parenting decision when we considered cashing everything in and moving back to Chicago and starting Soul City Church from scratch, we called Dick and Sybil Towner. And we said, will you listen to God with us? We didn't ask them for their opinion. We didn't ask them to tell us what to do or to make our decision for us. They love us enough to listen to God with us and then speak whatever wisdom God gives them. 
There's a couple named John and Nancy Orper. They live in California. We had the privilege of working with them when we were at Willow Creek. They've just become those kind of soul wisdom level folks in our life to where last summer, Jeannie and I hit a real wall in our church. We were exhausted. We'd been going so hard for four years, and we were wiped, and we didn't even know how wiped out we were. And so we called our wisdom well. We called John and Nancy Orper. We said, we've hit a wall. What do we do? Will you listen to God and give us direction? And they listened to God, offered wisdom and direction for our lives. I'm telling you, I'm smart enough to know I don't have it all figured out. And neither do you. Who's in your wisdom well? Listen, you, you wouldn't be moving into the vision that God has given your church. I'm telling you, Troy and the leadership of this team would not be moving forward with what you're doing through Ripple, with what you're doing through expanding the work that God is doing here. He would not do that without seeking godly wisdom and direction from the elders, from those who are responsible for the finances and resources of this church. You need to thank God for a second that you actually have a pastor who is submitted to a well of wisdom. Thank God, because there's a lot who aren't. So who's in your wisdom well? Who is it for you that you go to that you don't, when you don't know what to do? Now, I'll be honest. These people didn't magically appear in my life. They didn't just show up and say, we are here with godly wisdom for your life. These are relationships that we had to seek out, we had to cultivate. We had to let them into the nitty-gritty and the not-so-pretty of our life and say, we're stuck. We're circling. Will you listen to God? Will you speak into godly wisdom for our life? Who's in your wisdom well? So if you were to be really honest about your wisdom well right now, maybe for you, you got to, like, keep lowering the bucket because it's a little dry. Lower and lower, because maybe there's not a lot of people. Are there people that you need to begin to ask God to surround your life with? There's a simple little prayer that we've prayed for our daughter, Gigi. Since we brought her home from the hospital, we do our best to pray it over her life every night to the point where she has it all memorized now and kind of cuts us off at the past when we pray it for her. But this is our simple prayer that we pray for her when we pray it every night. God, would you surround Gigi's life with godly friends who always point her to you? And would you make her a godly friend so that she could be a light to her world? God, would you surround her life with godly friends that always point her to you? And would you make her a godly friend so that she can be a light to her world? Why don't you just, I mean, if you are stuck and your well is running dry, steal that prayer too while you're at it. And pray, God, would you surround my life with godly wisdom? Would you surround my life with the wisdom well? Maybe for you in your wisdom well, the who that's in your wisdom well, if you were to be honest, your wisdom well has gotten a little polluted with opinion. Because people have plenty of opinion for your life. Opinion is a cheap knockoff for wisdom. People have tons of opinions about, you, about how you do your marriage, how you parent, where you live, what kind of car you drive. I don't know if you realize that. People have opinions about you. People have plenty of opinions. In fact, they'll offer it to you without you even asking. That's how much they love you. People are full of opinion, but praise God, God is full of wisdom. Which would you rather have in your well? So if you found yourself kind of surrounded with people telling you what to do, but they're not listening to God, maybe you say, God, we need to, you need to cleanse this wisdom well. Or I need to set a new standard for what I'm asking for from these people in my life. What would it look like for you to begin to pray, God, would you surround my life with godly wisdom? See, this is so important to us, our family, that we get this right, that we have actually a little mantra that we keep up in our kitchen and something we heard someone else say that we were like, okay, if, if we can kind of get this one right, this could save our kids from years and years of regret or bad decisions that actually could affect their lives for generations to come. So we have a little plaque that hangs in our wall. And, and this is what it says. It says, wise way choices are better than my way choices. That's what we have hanging in our kitchen. In fact, I want you to turn to the person next to you, and I want you to look them in the eye and say, wise way choices 
Again, not optional here, people. I'm right here. I can hear you if you're not doing this, all right? So turn to the person next to you and say, wise way choices are better than my way choices. Do you believe that that's true? Because so often what happens is when I kind of, you know, I'm having a big decision to make, I got to wrestle with that fact that wise way choices, godly wisdom is better than my way choices. Because so often I can get godly wisdom from God's word or from godly people around me. And what do I want to do next? I want to get a second opinion. Because I want my way. And I bet you're not all that different. But to just stop right now and consider for the decisions you're making, you might want to jot that down. Wise way choices, godly wisdom, wise way choices are better than my way choices. This is something we play out in real time with our kids. Uh, our son turned 10 a couple weeks ago. And so he had a bunch of birthday money just burning a hole in his pocket. He could not wait to spend it. And he and I are, are pretty huge Star Wars fans. Some would say nerds. And so we love Star Wars. And so he took that birthday money and went straight to the Star Wars aisle in Target. Praise God, it's an aisle now in Target. And so he goes there and he has within minutes, filled the cart with over $60 worth of lightsabers, just lightsabers. Like one kind of toy, he has $60 worth of lightsabers in the cart. And I have to look down at him, knowing our mantra that we have for our family, and I have to say, son, is this a wise way choice? Or is this a my way choice? Because daddy doesn't know. <laughs> I'm torn. <laughs> Let's pray. And so it's a hard, you know, it's a hard thing in real time for us to make. But what if that simple little question that James brings us back to, the promise and the principle, that simple little question, what if that actually could lead to greater clarity for your life, greater purpose for your life? What if it could save you from years and years of regret? Years and years of kind of just being washed about from wave to wave of circumstance to circumstance. What if that little question, God, is this a wise way choice? Is this God, is this have godly wisdom in it? Or is this a my way choice? And to determine to say, God, I want to make wise way choices. I want to walk in your wisdom for my life. Remember, this is the promise and the principle. The promise is God has wisdom for you. He actually has timeless and timely wisdom for you. The principle is ask. Will you ask today? Will you stop and ask? Will you seek godly wisdom for your life? James said it so clearly. If any of us is seeking wisdom or direction, that's all of us. All you need to do is come to the one who gives it generously, and he will actually give you real direction in real time for your life. Now, I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know how long that's going to take. That's up to you and God to work out. I just know that he can and that he will. So the question is, will you and will I? And just so you know that this isn't like a, a, a one-off idea, you know, I found the one passage that talks about wisdom for your life. I actually want to read to you some of the other promises of God that you don't have to plead for, you don't have to hope for. They're already promised to you, found throughout the Bible, of the direction and the wisdom that God has for you in your life. And I want to read them over to you, and in a moment we're actually going to respond by receiving the elements of communion together, by making a wise choice to humble ourselves and to come to the table of communion. So I'm going to read through these verses that remind you that God is with you and he is for you and he has wisdom for your life. And so maybe what you need to do is just close your eyes and let these words wash over you to find you, to comfort you, to encourage you, to give you courage. 
Or maybe you might want to look these up and write these down so that you have them as a reminder for you to reflect on later on today. But this is God's heart. It's a good, good father who generously gives wisdom to all. This is what he says to you. He says, I will instruct you. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you, listen to this, with my loving eye on you. So whether you turn to the right or to the left, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So that you can actually trust in the Lord with all of your heart. You don't need to depend on your own understanding. You can actually seek his will and his way in all you do. And he will, this is a promise, make your path straight. So let's just live in the reality of that generous, good wisdom of God. And in a moment, as we come to receive the elements, to even consider the fact that it was Jesus himself in Luke 2, 22 through verse 42, that is considering the cross and looking ahead at the cross, and he's there in the Garden of Gethsemane in the most hour of his anguish, and he's considering the, what is ahead of him. He even cries out to God and says, God, if there's any other way, if there's any other way other than this cross, is there another way? And then the resolve that your Savior has to say, not my will, not my way, but yours be done. And his willingness to trust God's way leads us to our way of salvation, freedom, redemption today. So I want to pray, and then we're going to come and receive the elements. Here in this room, the village as well, you can head out to the table to receive the elements. And as we do, I want you just to think about that fact. There was a way made for you so that you can walk in the way of wisdom with God. There was a price that was paid so that you could have the freedom that's available to you. That's how generous God's love is. So let me pray for us, and then we'll come and receive these elements together. Thank you, God, for the fact that you are good, and you are for us, and you are with us. And you actually are already, always willing to lead us in the ways of wisdom, the ways that lead to life, to the fullest, as your son promised us. So help us today to be willing to trust you. Help us today to actually put into practice the idea of asking and seeking and waiting for your wisdom and trusting that you will give it and it is exactly what we need. Thank you, Jesus, that you submitted yourself to the way of God. And by doing so, you made a way for us to come through your body and your blood. We are reminded of your goodness and your love for us. So meet us as we come to the table. Rescue us from our anxiety, our fear, our lies that we are telling ourselves about you and about ourselves. Bring us back to the truth of salvation made available to every single one of us today. It's in your name that we pray and that we come to the table today. Amen.